Story number one. A Man of Consummate Sorrow, written by Hypothetical Shoggoth. Two things Deputy Ambassador said to his designated security agent across the top of his cards, the words tinted by his home accent after drinking some of the special reserve that he'd received earlier. First off, you're cheating. Already. We go over this every time. Negrft. Every time. You're not allowed to cheat until at least my third beer, or until I'm intoxicated enough not to notice it. And I know you can cheat better than that. Anyway, because I've seen you make balloon animals out of space-time, the children at the brunch really appreciated that, by the way. Agatnat Thrasarach Kremrak, Yeningift responded modestly. Framanyatrod Kri Valkrant Ep. Yet continued peevishly. You are too. I can see the cards that you've tucked under your black filaments. The deputy ambassador pointed to the shapes mostly occluded by the agent's form. Shga! Yeah, that's what I thought. Which brings me to my second thing. I remember when you were on the ambassador's detail, getting your force space continuity training. There was none of this resonant, burbling voice echoing from the soft surfaces stuff. You spoke Terran English with him, Mandarin with the visiting admiral, and I'm pretty sure that I heard you speaking Irish with the ambassador of the great grandlings. So, what gives? indicated a few points around the room. What? No, I didn't leave a listening device scattered through my suite here to keep the local spooks happy. If someone's listening in, I authorize you to take necessary steps to make sure the suite is secure. Though, I do ask that you start at a minimum necessary response. Neither of us enjoy the extra paperwork. Right? Stratgirush. The agent considered for a few moments before looking around and then reached through the wall at the few spots and pulled out a variety of small devices. Rolling them in his grasp the way a child does in a handful of shiny stones they found, the agent tossed the devices into one of the malls, and then the deputy ambassador thought he heard electronic screams as his companion chewed merrily. Better? You're right, it's a lot easier to talk like this, but when outsiders are listening in, it's important to keep up appearances. There was still a bit of distortion due to the agent's vocal apparatus, but now it was speaking Hollywood Western English, which was far easier on the ears. Um, it's not cheating if you've already made the rules to tolerate. Touche. How about your name? Uh, guess you can call me Chet. They continued playing cards, occasionally eyeing the clock and neither of them getting the decisive lead in their piles of chips. Poker is a game when you famously don't play the cards, but the other players. And for Deputy Ambassador on his guard, the game was a valuable practice in reading someone who was distinctly other. The inside of the suite flared in a rainbow aurora as the ship arrived in system and shared slipspace residue. Shortly after, there was a chime at the door. The sweeter pizza con delivery pilot, with a large sweet and sour sclint fowl and bake bacon bits pizza resting on top of a bucket of Dilger's ribs. One payment authorization later, and the two were back at the poker table, devouring the take with Gusco. I do have to thank you for giving me a good reason to eat barbecue on a regular basis, but they never seem to have coastal gold style, even though everyone knows it's the best. 
Boy, bless your heart, but you better drink some water for a bit. I think you just forgot about the Missouri mud. Winner of enough galactic sauce competitions that it has been transferred to the judges' panel and deemed to be the all-time perpetual champion. As anyone can see, but you're just the one who's buying, so I forgive you. This led to a friendly, slow, bickering argument as the two debated the high points of regional delicacies, interrupted by the fact that there was a large tub of well-sourced ribs between them. End of story. Story number two. Storytellers by PD46 Lily. Humans are a curious race. They are a study of dichotomy and the greatest extremes. When they first came to the greater common's attention, we didn't think much of them other than they were the small insignificant blip in the cosmos. Frankly, we thought that they would become extinct shortly after discovery. They had only just colonized an insignificantly small portion of their arm of the galaxy. We thought that one of the older members would wipe them out shortly, but that never happened. Not only were they not purged from the universe, they thrived and became one of the most respected members of the Greater Commons, and they did it without ever firing a single shot, harming a single sentient, or signing a single treaty when they first came into the Greater Commons. They did it through their elders, and the ones they remembered, the ones that most races dismiss as a burden, if they were even allowed to exist. They were the storytellers, the ones they remembered and told everything. They were the ones that the greater commons didn't know how to handle. At first, the aggressive races wanted to wipe out these new species on the galactic game board. Their technology was fairly on par with ours, but the greater common species had a significantly larger numbers. The humans were given the opportunity to ask for protection. Instead, they sent us a recorded remembrance of their elders through several decades. Esther, age 87, survivor, Bergen Balson. I was nine when they came for us. I spent four years in the camps. I watched my mother, my sisters, my aunt slowly die of starvation and disease. Redacted. Miyoko, age 83, survivor, Japanese internment. I was an American citizen, so were my parents. They took my family's house, my father's business, and told us that we had to go. To move across the country, that we were traitors because of the way we looked. Redacted. Walter, age 79, survivor, Tuskegee experiment. My father was one of the few people studied in this atrocity. We trusted the doctors because they said they were helping us. I've never had children because I can't. I watched my old man get sicker and sicker and my sister die because we trusted the doctors. Redacted. Judith, age 91, survivor of Rwandan genocide. They came down the streets and broke into the homes with machetes. They hacked people to pieces in front of the families and friends. Dozens of people, hundreds of people dead in the streets and their homes. Mothers, fathers, it didn't matter who they were or how old. All that mattered is that they were Tutsi. The thing is, Hutsu and Tutsi, it didn't matter. The only reason they were Hutu and Tutsi was because some other people said so. Redacted. Gaudua. Sage 68, Survivor, Sierra Leone, Civil War. I was 11. The soldiers came into my village and rounded up all the boys. 
They told us we had to fight for our army. If we didn't, they said that we would kill us. I told them, no, I don't want to fight. They made my mother kneel in front of me and put a gun to my hand. They told me, shoot your mother or we'll shoot your brothers and sisters. Then we'll shoot your mother at you. My mother told me to shoot her so my brothers and sisters wouldn't die. I shot my mother so that my siblings wouldn't die and went to be a soldier. Redacted. Rebecca, age 98, survivor, World War Three. They cut our food rations to almost nothing. We had already been living underground for five years, and the food shortages were getting critical. Almost two-thirds of the food-producing areas were raised to the ground, or because some idiot in charge decided he was butthurt and started a war with someone just as much of a joke as he was. I watched families with small children and no food suddenly have fewer children and more meat. I got so bad that children were openly being sold for slaughter for a few bags of rice or beans. Redacted. The Greater Commons was shocked and terrified by the stories sent to us by the humans. Hundreds of them. Thousands of them. At first, we thought they were exaggerations. No sentient species could do this to their own kind. Atrocity after atrocity. Depravity after depravity. Each story its own little piece of torture. But the stories were true. They let our auditors gather the proof humans were truly terrifying in the capacity for cruelty and horror. The aggressive species as a whole decided not to take actions against humans. If they would do this to their own, what were they capable of doing to others? But then the non-aggressive species came to the greater commons in droves, requesting asylum and protection against the great evil that we had inadvertently found. For surely they would be destroyed by the humans. Again, the humans were asked before the greater commons to ask to refrain from destruction. But again, they sent us remembrances. Elliot, age 92, survivor, wildfires, California. Everything was on fire. It was like the whole world was on fire. My whole town burned that year. Everything, nothing was left standing. Thirty-six people lost their lives from those fires. All of them were jumpers. All of them were jumpers or ladder companies. All of them were volunteers. They didn't do it for money. They did it to help. Redacted. Nadja, age 73, survivor, brain tumor. I was 42 years old when I was diagnosed. By the time, I could barely walk anymore, let alone take care of my three kids while I was getting treatment. My partner did as much as he could, but he had to work. The closest hospital for my treatment was two hours away, and I had to travel that two to four times a week. My neighbor heard about my troubles, and she organized 30 to 40 people to come over every day to clean and cook. She then organized people to drive me to my appointments every week. Redacted. Min June, age 94, survivor, myeloma. I had bad cancer when I was in my 20s. They started with all the standard treatments, chemo, radiation, drugs, you name it. They tried it. The only thing that the treatments did was slow it down. They said that the only thing left was to try to marrow transplant. My family and my friends all went and got tested, even though the test is agonizing. But none of them were a match. Seems that I had some funky rare thing. My cousin put it on the social media that I needed a transplant and was looking for a donor. We'd figured we'd maybe get a hundred people to test date. 
over 180,000 people showed up and tested all over the country. That day, they found my match. They also found matches for 53 other people. Redacted. Emmy, age 31, posthumous, redacted. I make this statement of my own free will. I was not coerced in any way, and I am the sound mind and body. I hereby give permission to the doctor redacted to remove my redacted to replicate and produce the serum and vaccine for the treatment of redacted. I understand that having redacted removed will kill me. To date, over 380 million have died of this disease, and over 300,000 are dying of it each day. I am aware that under a hundred people are immune to this disease and so far the only one to be a universal donor. Mom, Emma, Mommy, Aggie, I love you both. Redacted. So many stories of kindness, compassion and even sacrifice for others. Thousands of them, millions of them. How could this horror of a species, this great evil, have such a compassion for others? Again, we send auditors to confirm... And again, the stories were true. The greater commons chose the stance of non-interference with the humans. We would let them be, if they did the same. Then came the great famine of the intro, ecological disaster of more than 90% of their harvest. But the humans came with food and supplies. They did the same for the Hidruf and the Querimatsudians. They never asked for anything in return. The greater commons, again, didn't know how to react. Humans interfered, but uh, they did it with altruism, something that could not be censored. When the Frinta were discovered by the Sontarans, they accidentally forgot to register them with the Greater Commons. They were already in the process of pacifying the planet when the humans found out about it. The Frintans now thrive within the Greater Commons, and the Sontarans were at a footnote. The humans warned them, told them that the Frinta were now under human protection. They chose not to listen. The next time a new species was discovered and accidentally not registered with the Great Commons, all it took was a polite letter written by a single human child for the species to be registered within an hour. Storytellers and their envoys are now a common thing amongst many races. They are some of the most revered beings in all the galaxy. So now that I have your attention, let me tell you a story. End of story number two.